This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And I'm not sure if you know, but yesterday was a really, really important day. It was World Day Against Human Trafficking. And it's not something that, you know, you probably are thinking about, something that crosses your mind, something that you think, you know, we need to worry about here in Toronto. Like, that stuff doesn't happen here. Well, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that and a lot more with the founder and executive director of Freedom, Shay Invidiata. She is um, just an amazing woman. She's a powerhouse. And, and Freedom... You know what? I'm just going to throw this over to you, Shay. Shay, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And you know what? I was going, I have it. I have it here. I've got my notes. I'm not going to lie. I could have just read through them and tell, told everyone what free them is, but I think it's probably better coming from you. Sure. Well, I do know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Uh, so Freedom is a registered non-for-profit organization founded uh, in 2010. So this January 2023 will be turning 13 years old. And we were birthed to be this initiative to raise awareness about human trafficking. And obviously our story um, grew and then we became a nonprofit. And today our mission is still the same as it was back in 2010. And that is to raise awareness and funds to fight human trafficking here in Canada and abroad. I'm a firm believer that you can't fight that which you're not aware exists. And so it has to start with education and it has to start with awareness to make any type of dent or ripple effect of change moving forward. And so that's still what we do today. That's amazing. Like it's, it's something I have to say, I've had this conversation with people before about human trafficking, sex trafficking. And a lot of people are just like, Pina, we're in Toronto. Like that, that stuff doesn't happen here. And I'm like, Oh boy. Like, yeah, just like you said, we need to educate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people don't think that it's an issue here. They actually think it's non-existent. Right. Do you want to, do you want to inform everyone and tell them otherwise? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, you are correct. And I I think, you know, ignorance is sometimes bliss and we see what we want to see and nobody wants to think that something this ugly or this dark is happening in our own backyards and certainly not so close to home. Um, But over 90% of victims of human trafficking in Canada are Canadian. So there's this big misconception that if human trafficking is happening, it's coming from girls that are being brought in from outside of the country, which does happen in Canada. That happens in the United States where girls are brought in from Eastern Europe or brought in from continent of, from all over Africa, from Southeast Asia, from Japan. And although that happens, it's still a lot more minor of the girls that are being made up of the victims of human trafficking in Canada. And The average age of entry into forced prostitution in Canada is just 13 years old. So not only is this happening to majority of our young girls, they're happening to our little ones, you know, to have the average be that low means you have to have a lot that are nine, 10, 11, 12 years old to have that number being down to the average age of entry of being 13 years old. So It's happening in the schools. It's happening through the playgrounds. It's happening when movie theaters were open. 
you know, it was happening through their malls as well. You know, um, that's a huge access point. And so it's a lot closer to home than, than people realize. That's really scary when you say that the average age is 13 years old, because I look at my kids and I've got Samantha who's 11, Liliana is nine. And then I've got Marcus who's turning seven in the fall yeah. and Lily and Samantha are right there. Totally. Nine and 11. Yeah. 100%. It's not, you know what I mean? Like I know a lot of parents and, and I'm sure a lot of you parents listening at home right now, um, you're probably not thinking about that. You're thinking about other issues with your kids. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, what's it like at school? Are they being bullied? Are they getting along okay? Are their grades okay? Are they adapting okay? You know, stress, anxiety. They're really not thinking about this stuff, you know? And so maybe they think, yeah, I'm going to just drop my kid off at the mall. I'm going to drop them off, you know, to the movie theater um, and not thinking twice. And probably because, you know what? It's not something that is really discussed. Yeah. We don't communicate this stuff to our kids Mm -hmm. to keep them safe and protected because again, like you said, that knowledge is power. Yeah. Right. So, you know, for those parents listening at home and they're like, but like, how, how does it happen at the mall or how does it happen on the playground or the movie theater? Like, how does, how does something like this even happen, Shay? Right. You know, so I've been doing this quite some time and obviously we've seen trends where a trafficker accesses a young person, not that it's changed dramatically, but it's, it's evolved through technology in different ways. So back in, let's call it like 2000, early, like 2010, 2014 in and around that area, a lot of kids had phones and that was a parent's way of saying, if they're in trouble, they've got a phone, they can call me. My always thing to a parent is if they're in trouble, by the time they try to use their phone, it's already too late. So like the phone does not become the safety net, right? Like if a kid is at the mall and gets approached and there is actually a a situation where they would need to call a parent, they're probably not going to be in that position to call. So back in the day, we were doing a lot more education to parents in that circumstance. Now, every single kid has an iPhone or a smartphone of some sort. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents have this and you would, you know, know about this a lot more than me. I don't have children, but a lot of parents have this struggle of, do I let my kids be online? Do I let them have Snapchat? Do I let them have Instagram? I'm not the cool parent. If I say, no, you can't have Instagram on my phone because all of their other friends are having these apps. And today, over 55% of all domestic victims meet their trafficker online, whether it's through text, website, or an app. And so not just dropping your children off at the mall is a concern, but it's also what they're carrying around in their pockets, right? What What they're addicted to. I mean, we you go to a mall today and it's still kids are heads down, thumbs moving, right? Like walking, not only kids, adults and adults, you know, like, absolutely. You know, um, I would like to think though, that if you're an adult, we're trying to make money (laughs) right head down. Yeah. Whereas like the kids, that's my case. Yes. You know, exactly. (laughs) You know, mine too. Um, but we're, we're, entrenched in this online reality, right? That sucks us in through different apps and texting and and so forth. And it's, it's starting online 
for over 50% of the time. So now you've got it kind of from both areas. You've got to watch where do you allow your kids to be dropped off, but also too, what's happening on their phone that you as a parent are unaware of that's happening, this wooing process, this grooming process with your child. That's crazy. Over 50%. Mm-hmm. Parents make note of that over 50%. It's really funny because I've got to say, Shay, and, and when we met up um, like a few weeks ago, I was telling you, I'm like, being a content creator on social media, a lot of people look at me and say, oh, your kids must be on social. And they're not. They yeah. don't have um, their own. Well, they've got devices. I've got to say, like, they've got iPads and stuff like that, but I've got the password. So they have to come to me to unlock it. I know exactly what's on it. I know um, if they're communicating with someone, say through Facebook Messenger, I have to approve it. So I, I'm well aware, but they don't have social media um, accounts. Just re, you know what? Let me just rephrase that. Recently, my kids, um, I started up an old Instagram account for them, but it's managed by me. So they have to, they can't access it unless I log in for them. And then I'm like, here you go. Um, And I'm keeping an eye on it. Right. So a lot of people look at me and say, but Pina, this is your world. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you not letting your kids? And it's for the exact reasons you just said, Shay. Yeah. Well, that's why when you told me that a couple of weeks ago, I was like, this is amazing. Like you need to be, you sh- I mean, that's a whole campaign on its own, <laughs> you know, yeah. like teaching parents, like how to still give your children, like what they want to be a part of, but you're still protecting them at the same time. Right. And you're mitigating the probability of them speaking to a person and starting a relationship with a person that just should have no business or no place in their life. Absolutely. We are talking with Shay Invidiata. She is the founder and executive director at Freedom, which is a amazing non-for-profit organization that's dedicated to raising not only awareness, but funds to human trafficking right here in Canada and abroad. And uh, parents sit tight because this is going to be a jam-packed hour. And like Shay said, and like I've said, um, knowledge is power. And so we are hoping to empower you with the knowledge that you need to um, make the right decisions and, and just help your kids. So we don't, you know, have to worry about this stuff because it is an issue right here in Toronto. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more right here on the parenting show, AM 640 Toronto radio. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. You are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on AM640 Toronto Radio. And I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. We have an amazing guest on today, Shay Invidiata. She is the founder and executive director of Freedom, which is a non-for-profit organization here in Toronto. And they are dedicated to doing amazing work. Amazing work um, that raises awareness and funds to human trafficking right here in Canada and abroad. Shay, before the break, we were talking about how um, how big of an impact social media has right. on opening up those doors and that gateway into the human trafficking world. Mm-hmm. And that the average age is 13 years old. And yes, it's happening here in Toronto. Yeah, it's 
obviously, you know, it's, it's very hard to swallow that reality. Um, and I think, you know, what is a really good recent case that people could dial into R. Kelly was convicted finally after years and years and years of freedom back in the early days were pushing for his arrest and conviction. But if you watch that Netflix series, you just see 12 year old girl, 13 year old girl, 14 year old girl, 16, 17 majority. I think there's a couple girls that were over the age of um, 18, but the majority of them, they're young. These are young girls. And for people that it's hard to believe that it happens, it's why I push you to or encourage you to go watch that documentary on Netflix, because it shows the very um, powerful grooming process and the psychological process that a predator, a trafficker, a pimp uses to bring in that girl and woo them, right? Whether it's starting on social media and commenting on how beautiful they are, making them feel like that they're the most important female in the world and that your trafficker loves you, is going to take care of you, can provide for you. You don't need your parents. You know, your parents aren't cool. Your parents don't know what's best for you the way that I do or how I can provide for you. And little by little, you know, you, you have this young, very vulnerable, very impressionable female and sometimes males too. You know, this I was just going to ask about the males in this. Yeah. Is sometimes males as well. We see geography plays a big part as to where you're going to see more of an increase in, in um, young boys that have not hit puberty yet um, being trafficked. So places like the Middle East, where being in public with a female when you're not married is very frowned upon. So you see a lot more of, um, they call them fairy boys, but these boys that have not hit puberty that are completely sexually tortured and passed around. Um, and it's very heartbreaking. In North America, we do have that, but it's not as dominant as still with females that we see. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sick to my stomach. I'm disgusted. You know, as a parent, I'm just like, what do I need to do to keep them safe? Am I doing everything that I possibly can? I, I mentioned, you know what I mean? Just the fact that like my kids don't have um, social media accounts. The one, the one that they do, I manage for them. Um, but like a lot of p- parents think, well, what's the big deal? You know, like Snapchat. Well, I'll tell you something. And, and if you've been listening to the show and you follow me, you know that we always bring Paul Davis on, who is a social media um, educator and uh, online expert. And he will tell you that Snapchat is the number one sexting app out there, yeah. you know, um, which is really scary. And then a lot of parents will be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, my kid just wants TikTok to do the dances, but they right. don't realize. And they're like, oh, but my kid's account is locked. So I manage and I see who they're friends with. But what they don't see is also what comes up on their For You page, the content that is being fed to them, the content that the majority of the time is inappropriate for them. And then that can be like a rabbit hole that they go through. Um, can I Instagram. Ask you to explain what is a For You page? Like, I know okay. what, that is a great question. What is a For You page? <laughs> So I'm glad you asked that because maybe a lot of parents at home too listening, they have no idea. And they're like, well, we have a locked account. My child has a locked account on TikTok. What's the problem? So basically um, you can have an account on TikTok 
and you can, you can lock it down. So basically people need to request to follow you and you would accept it. So the parent could be like, yeah, I know this person. We can accept them. Um, strangers don't accept. However, when you have the phone, the device in front of you in your hands and you're scrolling through, there's two channels you can scroll through who you are following. So those are the people that hopefully, you know, personally, and you're not following people that you don't know. And then what is called the for you page, which is a separate channel. And this is basically all content that is fed to you through algorithms. So, you know, if I really enjoy watching a lot of foodie stuff, then on my for you page, a lot of foodie stuff will be, you know, filtered through. But if my, like, for example, my 11 year old dances, so dance is in there. So predators will go under, you know what I mean? And be sneaky and sly and maybe do something that comes across as like a dance video and then lures in people. You know what I mean? You have the app open. You can have access to this page. There's no password required. There's no restrictions. This is just open. So at any point, your child could click on a video and then it could take them down a whole different avenue. Yeah. And, you know, TikTok, um, there is a lot more freedom on TikTok than a few other apps meaning you will see a lot more sexual content, inappropriate content for your, that's not appropriate for your children. You know what I mean? So it's really scary. And then comes in the OnlyFans. And then like you were saying, you know, these predators, they, they approach these girls and they're like, yeah, well, I can give you this and I can give you that. And here's this much money. And do you like these gifts? Right. They've got that taste of money, right? And you probably know this better than I do. Right. But like right now, OnlyFans, like people are popping up with accounts on OnlyFans like you can't imagine. And they're just saying, I am raking in so much money. People are leaving careers. Totally. To pursue something on OnlyFans. Yeah. Big time. And scary. And and it's, you know, more than just even the money. Right. It's that that spotlight. We all want to feel special. We all want to feel beautiful. We all want to feel absolutely out in a good way. And when that is preyed upon on that vulnerability where that pimp, that trafficker sees that in maybe a more timid girl, maybe she's not the prettiest girl out of a whole group. Um, you know, that's where you, you want that. We all desire that. And, and pimps and traffickers know that, and they prey upon that type of weakness. Um, and parents, you know, I, I think about pre COVID, right. We've not done this since COVID and the school system, as all parents will tell you has been so crazy and a nightmare at different yeah. times. But prior to COVID, we would speak, Freedom would speak a lot in, in high schools, different, um, you know, community groups and, Every time I spoke in a high school, and I've been doing this since 2010, so a long time, lots of schools, lots of high schools, every single time I would speak in high schools about human trafficking, what is it and how does it happen? Some people might not know that word, especially young teens, but if you describe the scenario of what's happening around the control, the exploitation, um, the attitude changing... Uh, the lies that come about and this boyfriend figure that is, is really is controlling, controlling her movements, controlling um, who she can hang out with, 
where she can go without fail and no word of a lie. Every single time I spoke in high school, I would get at least one girl that would come up to me afterwards going, I didn't know that what you described is called human trafficking. And I think it's happening to my friend and parents. I have spoken in all different types of demographics of schools from private schools, all girls schools, public schools. Um, I've spoken in many, many different array of demographics. And every single time I get at least one student coming up to me saying, I think this is happening to one of my friends. And so it is so important. I always say to parents, if you're not talking to your children about this, somebody else is. And they're not probably talking to them about it the way I am or you would. Yeah, it is about absolutely. bringing them in. And education, as we know, knowledge, as we know, is powerful. And when you provide that to a young person, you empower them to make better decisions, right? Yeah. And that's why I love going into great schools. I love going into the high school to speak to these young kids, not just even to make them aware. They come up with incredible ideas around this issue and how to raise that awareness, how to raise funds. I get so many kids that get fired up and going, well, I want to help like other kids this is happening to. I want to make sure it doesn't happen to other children my age and they want to help, you know, so you get both sides of it. But this is why as a parent, as scary as it is, We need to be bringing this into the homes and you need to be empowering your child so that they come to you. They come to you. Yes. 100% Shay. Like honestly, and I say this on my show, I think pretty much every week and it applies to everything, but communication is key. You know, have those open lines of communication with your kids, you know, build up their confidence, because if you build up their confidence and you are communicating with them and you are educating them and you are empowering them, then they are in a great place. 100%. And it opens it up so that they're not afraid to come to you, right? You've, you've given them permission through bringing this up to say, I think I could talk to my mom and dad about this because they talked to me first about it right? You've given them that permission because this is, this could be scary for a kid to come to a parent, right? And how do you even bring this up to a parent? Like, were you in a situation that you shouldn't have been now? Am I going to be in trouble? It's like, no, you as a parent, you've now given them that, that permission with confidence to come to you. And that's the safest thing you can do for your child. This is why we needed you on the show. This is why I'm so happy that you're on the show. Um, you know, yesterday was a big day. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. You are tuned into the parenting show right here on AM 640 Toronto radio. Welcome back to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night. Welcome back to the Parenting Show right here on AIM 640 Toronto Radio. We have the incredible Shay Invidiata. She is the founder and executive director of Freedom, which is an amazing non-for-profit organization that is, is right here in Toronto, guys. And they're dedicated uh, to raising not only awareness, but funds to fight human trafficking here in Canada and abroad. The conversation has been fantastic, Shay. 
Um, you are amazing. We've been talking about, you know, how people get, you know, uh, reeled into this world of human trafficking, um, social media's impact in it, the average age being 13, which is scary as, I'm just going to say it, Natasha beat me out, but it's scary as f- But I need to know, you started this in January, 2010. Mm-hmm. That is going, it's going to be 13 years old this coming January. How did, how and why? Yeah, so my journey uh, in this whole world started in 2003, and I was 18 years old. So I'm also telling you guys how old I am, if you want to do that math. Uh, But 2003, I had moved to the island of Oahu in Hawaii to start my university education. And it's funny because before I went there, uh, I knew I knew I was being called there. And as much as some people would be like, oh, that's such an easy decision. You're going to like paradise for university. It was something that really weighed heavy on me to make the right decision. And I told everybody who knew me, I'm going there for something bigger than just school. My visa was going to allow me to be there, but I was, there was a bigger reason why I was going. And within the first few months of living in Waikiki, I didn't realize it then, but that's where the journey started. And anybody who's been to Waikiki knows that there's three main roads that, that run parallel to the ocean. And the middle one is called Kohio Avenue. And if you stay in Waikiki long enough, you also learn it to be known as Candy Lane. And that's where our dorm was. So we were in a hotel and half of it operated as the dorm. The other half operated as a hotel. And during the day, you'd see lots of families and kids with board shorts and surfboards and happy faces and, you know, the shopping and all of that that happens in Waikiki. And not too long after sundown, you'd start to see the street kind of changing and you would start seeing girls half naked, high heels coming out to walk on the strip. And I was 18 at the time. And I could see visibly that there were girls that were considerably younger than me. They looked 13, 14, 15 years old. Some of them a little older, but majority of them were were younger than me. And we all know, especially females know, that if you're 12, 13, 15, you can put on mom's high heels and red lipstick and a 13-year-old can very easily look like a 19-year-old. And I would see these girls day in and day out coming in and out of my hotel, which was our dorm. I'd see them as I was coming home from my night classes, sometimes nine o'clock at night from school. I'd see them when I was waking up at 5 a.m. to go for a surf before going to class. I'd see them coming home from the club sometimes at like 2 a.m. And I had two, I had two choices. I had one to just ignore them because maybe I, I was uncomfortable. Maybe I didn't agree with what they were doing. I didn't know what they were doing. Or I acknowledge them kind of like that neighborhood coffee person. We're all to some extent creatures of habit, right? Like if you go to your Starbucks at eight o'clock in the morning, every single morning, you're going to see some of the same people. And eventually, you know, it starts with like eye contact, then a half smile, then eventually like a nod, then it's a good morning. Then it's like, oh, have a great day. And at some point yeah. you probably end up having a mini conversation with that person and they're your neighborhood coffee friend. 
it was no different for me. I'm seeing these girls day in and day out. And I either choose to ignore them completely or I acknowledge their presence. And in that moment, I, I really believe that we're all created and therefore we're all connected. And so she is me and I am her and we bleed the same way. And so I wanted to understand, I wanted to understand why a girl would quote unquote choose to do this. And it's a much longer story, but over a period of the next six months to almost two years, I started interacting with these girls and I started to learn their stories of the forced abortions about the boyfriend that promised them a dream vacation of a lifetime to come to Oahu. And it turned into their worst living nightmare. I learned about the pimps that would take their sons to school, pick them up, drop them off. I'd learn about how they'd been on the island for many years, didn't have the ability to be able to have their documents to be able to go because they were withheld. And at that time, I did not know the word human trafficking, but I was describing it. I learned that the word prostitute that we equate so much with choice is widely misrepresented and that the more accurate word to be using is prostituted. These girls were being exploited. They were being controlled. Somebody was making money off of their work, off of their bodies. And so I was describing what I was seeing and then realized, wow, there's this massive word called human trafficking that puts this whole thing together and understanding that it's the fastest growing crime on the planet today and living in Canada or sorry, being in Canada as a Canadian, but living in the United States, two of the most free nations on the planet was going, where's our world on this topic? How is this happening right in front of me and nobody is doing anything about it? And that's really the journey that was the catalyst to birth freedom about seven years later. Okay. Really quickly. That is amazing, by the way, but I know that there's parents at home listening and we only have a few minutes before we go to break. Sure. They're probably thinking, well, why don't they just call home? Why don't they just walk away? Mm -hmm. Is it that easy? No, it's not that easy. There's a lot of psychological warfare that happens on one hand, and there's a lot of fear. These girls are taught, they're shown actually demonstrated through other females. What happens when you do something you're not supposed to do when you call somebody you're not supposed to call. And don't forget, in the beginning, the relationship isn't distressed in the beginning. It's happy, it's light. And so there's a good chance that that pimp knows where your parents live, if you have other siblings, where they go to school, because that's what you do, right? You, when you meet somebody, you naturally give up that information. And now that's used as a fear and control tactic that if they do something they're not supposed to, harm could come to their other sibling or could happen to their parents. And so these girls just literally become wrapped around the pimp's finger. We are talking all about human trafficking on the show today with Shay Invidiata, the founder and executive director of Freedom. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on AM640 Toronto Radio. Listening to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto.
Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. We have Shay Invidiata. She is uh, our guest today on the show. She's um, she's also the founder and executive director of Freedom. And the reason I take a breath is because this is like a heavy conversation, but it is a much needed conversation. Freedom is a non-for-profit organization here in Toronto that's dedicated to raising awareness and funds to fighting human trafficking, not only here in Canada, but abroad. Shay, you were you just went through uh, the history and, and how um, Freedom came to be back in January 2010. Um, the work you do, I have to say, is absolutely incredible. And um, I needed to bring you on. I needed to bring you on to get the word out there. But yesterday was also um, a really important day. Yesterday mm-hmm. being Saturday, July 30th. What day was it and why was it important? And, and what is Freedom's connection to yesterday? Sure. So yesterday was World Day Against Human Trafficking. Uh, This is a day that's designated by the United Nations. And so it's really a collaborative effort of really anybody, you know, anybody can join in. You don't need an organization like Freedom to participate, but there's a lot of different nonprofits and charities that, of course, join in to ask for the public, ask for influencers, ask for people to participate in World Day Against Human Trafficking. And it's really just to shed a light on the evil that's happening around this issue and raising that awareness that it's happening in every country around the world. So wherever you are, it's happening by you. And we need to get loud on this issue. We need to wake up people on this issue. So that's what yesterday was about. We had over 100 influencers, not just even in Toronto. We actually had some in LA and Los Angeles. We had some in Denver and Colorado and people from all over that are wanting to use their platforms to help us push out the message even further. And so we invited the public to also participate and you can go to freedom.ca slash campaign. And the cool thing is, is even if you miss yesterday, you don't need a special day to talk about this issue. You don't need a special day to raise awareness on this issue. So you can still go to freedom.ca slash campaign, get it a shirt, take a photo of you in the shirt. We actually have statistics like graphics that you can also download, make a carousel on Instagram or get really, uh, you know, creative and create a little video reel of some sort post it on TikTok or, or do your reel and help us spread the word. So even if you didn't make it yesterday, you know, there's still 364 other days out of the year that you can. Absolutely. That's what yesterday was all about. And I have to say, I had not only um, the privilege, but the absolute honor to take part in this campaign. And I have to say, like, Shay, you can't imagine how much it meant to me to be asked by your organization to take part in this. Um, this is something that, um, fortunately, fortunately for me, I haven't been directly impacted or affected by human trafficking, but it is something near and dear to my heart. And it is something that, you know, I love to bring people on the show about to talk about whether it be social and online safety, whether it's someone like you with this amazing organization, like free them. Um, so I've got to say like, thank you for everything that you've done, you know, just to try and get the word out there, um, to educate people, to let people know what human trafficking is, how we can do our part to, um, you know, make a change. Yes. How we can do our part to um, empower the youth of today so that 
it doesn't become that much of an issue. Like, you know what I mean? It starts to like dwindle. I know that we've got a long way to go, but with that education and with that power, um, I want to, I want to believe that we will get there. You know, Hey, I always say when you've impacted the life of one person, you've changed the world because you've changed their world. We all know when we have our own chaos going on, whether it's in family or work relationships, it's like everything else that's happening in the world. You don't even hear about it, right? Like what's going on in your world becomes the world. It becomes your reality. And so when you can step into a victim's life and bring light and you can rescue and rehabilitate and aftercare and bring restore dignity to that one girl or that young boy, I say you've changed the world because you've changed that person's world. And that's what, that's our focus. You know, that is why we do it is for that one. And yes, there are millions, over 40 million people today are in global slavery. There's different types of slavery and forms, but that doesn't mean that we don't stop. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep trying to go after and rescue, rehabilitate, and then bring this education component so that Hopefully one day we can look back and go, I was a huge part of making a massive dent in fighting global slavery. Absolutely. And it's like the little things that you can do. Um, You know, I've talked about the bad part, the not so good part about social media, but there actually is a really good part of social media and it can be used to spread a positive message, you know? So yes, go check out freedom.ca slash campaign and and grab yourself a t-shirt. I've got the liberate one, which I proudly wear. Um, but grab yourself a t-shirt. Um, you're helping a great cause and then snap a photo of you wearing it and post it. And, you know, we're proudly when people ask you, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Tell them. Yes. Tell them. Shay, if people want to find you online. Um, okay. So we know freedom.ca. Yeah. That's our website. Um, You can follow me. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, it's just Shay and is my handle across all platforms. And then the free them one is free underscore them underscore. Perfect. So if any educators are listening um, and they're like, you know what, we want to bring Shay in to talk to the students, um, they can hit you up on social through the website. Yeah. Through the website on social, uh, you'll see on our website, of course, we have a contact us page. So you could send us an email through there and somebody from our communications team will, will respond. And if you are an educator, I highly, highly encourage you to reach out to Shay at Freedom um, and really consider bringing her in to talk to the students, because like you'd mentioned earlier, Shay, you know, you'll go in and you'll talk and then you'll have one person that says, okay, what you just described I have a friend that's going through that and we didn't realize that that is considered human trafficking. So you could be saving one life, two, three, you don't know. So, um, Shay, I just, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the show. Um, it truly means a lot to me. And I know to the parents listening, you are amazing. Um, please just don't stop being you. Oh, you are so sweet. I'm so grateful to be here and always grateful to people in media 
that want to bring this topic um, because it's not easy to talk about, but we need more people like you in media so that we can reach more people. So equally as grateful. Thank you for having me on. It's great to just spend this hour with you. Thank you. Thank you guys. That is it for the parenting show tonight, but we'll catch you next week, Sunday, eight o'clock right here on AM640 Toronto radio. And of course I'm your host, Pina Crispo of chicmama.ca.